0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions.
1: Hi, friends. So uh, you you may notice we have not actually said what we're what we're covering this week. Mm-hmm. We've not. We've been, been secretive. Uh, here's the thing. We are reviewing a show from the 90s. You may have heard of it. It's called uh, Deadly Games. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we got to thinking the show's about video games. And who better, uh, who more qualified to talk about a show about video games than an actual, no kidding, video game journalist. Mm -hmm. So with us for the first time is, uh, well, I guess he doesn't have a first name. It's uh, Fahey from uh, Kotaku. Yes. uh, Welcome.
0: Why, thank you for having me, Al and Matt.
2: Oh, so polite. Yes. It's No one ever I addresses us by name here. No one ever no. calls me
0: a game journalist
1: without putting air quotes around it, so... Uh, well, well, that's just rude. I know. I keep hearing about ethics in game journalism, and there's no politeness in game journalism? Come on. It's all about politeness in game journalism. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I thought. So you you had said, as a goof on, on Twitter some time ago, like, yeah, I'd love to join you guys for the Deadly Game Show, and... Uh... <laughs> Then I I said, are you serious?
2: Because we'll do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible mistake
2: on my part, I think. Uh, Well, I mean, we watched Deadly Games, and that was certainly the biggest mistake I've made this week. uh, This is obviously supposed to be a goof on Brian, who has insisted that we
1: watch Deadly Games since, what, like, we were doing DS9, I think. Uh, I believe he used
2: to call into the original Sarcastic Voyage <laughs> ten years ago. Ten years ago, interrupting yeah. I- interrupting Nick and Willikin's sketches to insist yes. that we watch deadly games.
1: Because that's definitely how podcasting works. You can mm-hmm. call and interrupt the recording. <laughs> Hello, pod. podcast? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Give me the podcast, operator. So... <laughs> But, but then it occurred to us, well, okay, but we still ended up watching it, so who is the joke really on? Yeah, you've
2: won this round, Brian. <laughs>
1: Did he, though? And Matt's like, well, what's that? Did he, though? Well, yeah, because it, it feels like a very long con, as Matt mm-hmm. said, and I said, uh, considering our, our group of regular guests, who would you pick to be the old-timey con man? Uh-huh. Def- definitely Brian. He's he's been working a like a a Toledo shuffle combined with like a a Spanish prisoner for the last like seven years. You should
0: have known when he was always wearing that bowler cap and had that pencil thin mustache.
1: I've you definitely seen been. Brian in both of those things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and the and the very wide pinstriped suit, like, uh-huh. a, like a carnival barker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 upshot is the show is not very
0: good. No, this was a bad show. <laughs> yeah. It was the 90s. It was was the
1: 90s. It was UPN. Every show was bad on the 90s and UPN. I have seen other shows from the 90s. I lived, we all lived through the 90s. Come on. Somehow. This this is not representative of what was out there. I mean. No. Right, but what was
0: that one show that UPN had in the 90s? That uh, Star Trek show.
1: What was it? Uh, Homeboys from Outer Space? Yeah, there that one, go. that one. You guys yeah.
0: did a whole, you did the whole, like, nine seasons of that, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and that one was great. Yeah.
2: hmm I mean, had, had yeah, see. Doubt. Not as, not as good as the original 60s Homeboys from Outer Space, but yeah. I think it did its job. Yeah, it's never gonna be as good as the original, I mean, back then.
1: I mean, come on, James Doolin played a guy named Pippin, cause you get it, Scotty Pippin?
2: Oh. Yeah. That's oh. James. Is it really I, I, Scotty Pippin s- reference? I thought it was like, I'm you know, I'm sad now.
1: No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because he's known for playing Scotty. He instead played a guy named Pippin, and that's that was the joke. Maybe I didn't well, watch yeah. Homeboys from Outer <laughs> <laughs> There were the, the copy that Matt and I watched had uh, some actual like it was it clearly made from a VHS that someone had recorded from uh, UPN. It sure so. <laughs> did
2: Judge you your weird MTV moment.
1: Yeah, it had a, a weird like, because it was the, the premiere. It wasn't the rerun, it was the first run of the pilot, so it was like a it was like a premiere party run by mm-hmm. MTV. MTV's Kennedy was there, which was unfortunate when I found out what MTV's Kennedy's up to now. But uh <sighs> Oh dear. What, no, she's no. a commentator on Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, fair and balanced. but there were there were also um commercials for voyager and uh i want to say nowhere man
2: so oh, was... man Vo- those voyager commercials definitely made oh. me want to go watch voyager instead did they oh yeah it was a doctor episode mm-hmm. nope i'm like i remember i was like i watched
1: this episode well i see i didn't i mean i did watch it obviously i've watched all of them but i i don't fucking remember
0: see i feel bad now because you guys got to watch the cool version with kennedy and commercials and i bought the dvd on amazon I know uh, oh my god. I've, I now you made own you spend money. <laughs> I now own the entire season of Deadly Games and I've watched one episode four times and the rest of the episodes <laughs> no times. Well let me ask you this. Are you going to go forward and watch the rest of them now? Uh probably not. I think I know how it's gonna go.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty uh I think it's pretty mm. easy to predict where this well, is. Well, each headed. each week the games get deadlier than the last week. Uh-huh. Well, why don't As you, you've, uh, you've... incredible tension escalates. <laughs> that seems to be your only, like, I'm not sure you actually watched it, Matt, because your only comment to me several times now has been, these games are so deadly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've looked that... at your notes and, and you'll never, have the <laughs> notes never are, Yeah, these thing. games just got deadly. It feels like you're the kid who didn't read the book, but you're still trying to give a book report. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that's fair. He's Ask me about a... the time I, I had to talk about uh, Saving Private Ryan, and I only watched the first 20 minutes. <laughs> well, that's the part everyone talks about, so you're good
1: there. Uh-huh. Ace that shit. Uh-huh. All right, so oh, Faye, boy. you've written a considerably lengthy uh, summary, which is, uh, hey, that's that's your problem. you got to read yeah. this. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I write for a living, so I decided I'd write some extra. I, I mean, we don't pay. You know that, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Is save a that click sound effect? Click. Th- this interview is over. <laughs> so why don't you uh, take take a deep breath, take a drink of water, and, uh, and tell us mm. all of your wonderful insights on the, the the premiere episode, the pilot episode of Deadly Games, Killshot. Killshot.
0: Mm-hmm. Meet Gus Lloyd, just your average, everyday, boyishly handsome antimatter physicist. When he's not busy working on a scientific breakthrough that could change our very understanding of the universe, Guts lets off steam by playing a photorealistic video game of his own creation starring everyone who's ever wronged him in life. Which seems like a perfectly healthy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Our story opens in a video game world so realistic it could only exist in the mind of a 90s television executive looking to save on their CG budget. <laughs> in a remote bunker, Christopher Lloyd in an all-white suit, aka Lead Villain. Villian, villian, Sebastian Jackal drinks, smirks, quips, and orders about his henchman, a massive football player clearly labeled Killshot, on the sides of his stupid shaven head. As Killshot limps down the hall to get the girl, Jackal gazes out a window at a military helicopter sporting a menacing-looking black and silver cone. What a day to blow the heck out of a football stadium, the master villain muses. What a day indeed. Elsewhere in the bunker, we meet the girl, a literal hair-twirling damsel in distress, being held captive by the diabolical duo. As she stares helplessly out of her barred window, a cloud of dust rises in the distance, and with it, hope. No, not hope, it's a jeep, carrying a generic action hero sporting a bandana and an assault rifle. It's It's none other than the game's protagonist, the Cold Steel Kid but really just Gus partaking in the ultimate self-insertion hero fantasy. He shoots guards out of trees. Why are the guards in trees? <laughs> All of them are in trees. We'll just, we'll, I'll save that for later, but guards, trees. He uses the Jeep as a, and a grappling hook to bring down the wall to the girl's cell. He uses Killshot's only weakness, water, to keep the behemoth at bay, and they make their escape. Gus and the girl hop into the Jeep and speed towards freedom, only to be brought down by one of Killshot's explosive footballs. Did I mention Killshot has explosive footballs? The G.I. Joe version of William Refrigerator Perry would be so proud. (coughs) As the screen flashes game over, we find ourselves in the real-world lab of Dr. Gus Lloyd. Here amidst bubbling water pipes, a laser stolen from the set of Real Science, and a gaming chair from that for some inexplicable reason rotates a full 360 degrees and sports two joysticks, Dr. Gus and his assistant, Peter Rucker, attempt to crack the secret of creating antimatter. Nowadays, particle accelerators create antimatter particles all the time for probably no reason. But back in the 90s, it was a mysterious science that sounded good on TV. Gus and Peter are so close to creating antimatter, maybe only one epiphany away. Later, during a meeting with his college grant administrator or something, Gus has an epiphany. Density. That's what we've been missing all this time. The antimatter physicist had forgotten to factor in something so rudimentary I'd forgotten about it halfway through middle school. He rushes back to the lab, doing something sciency with density and success. The antimatter machine glows blue, then purple, then red. A stupid random vat of water boils over. Everything is going smashingly. Get it? Massively? Like the <laughs> particle accelerator? the mm-hmm. Science. But then things go south. Alert. Max density. Flashes on a screen. Damn it. They used too much density. <laughs> it, God. As Gus and Peter attempt to shut down the machine, the whole lab goes bonkers. The gaming chair swivels wildly, indicating that it's motorized for some reason. Even worse, the antimatter machine begins reading the game. Smoke billows, sparks fly, and then Sebastian, Jacqueline, Killshot walk out of the TV into the real world. Instead of immediately killing Gus, whom he recognizes as the game's cold steel kid, Lloyd, in, in an all-white suit, drinks, smirks, quips, and orders his henchmen around. It's kind of his thing. On his way out of the lab, the villain taunts Level 1. Start. It's a whole new game. Only he says it like Christopher Lloyd, not like a movie Mm -hmm. announcer. After a commercial break for whatever it is we liked back in the mid-90s, apparently Star Trek Voyager. (laughs) A like is a strong Mm. word. Well, whatever we did back in the 90s, (laughs) we're just doing this. Uh, Gus and Peter pick up the pieces of their shattered lab, marveling over the fact they just created bad guy life. This would be an amazing scientific achievement if not for the fact that Jackal, Killshot, and whatever other characters may have materialized are beings of immense power programmed for mass murder. Realizing that he is the hero, and the first level of the game involves Killshot going after the girl, Gus leaves Peter to try to get the lab up and running again and rushes off to save his ex-wife. Yes, Gus's virtual love interest in his disturbingly real video game, is a vir- virtual recreation of his ex-wife Lauren Ashbourne. We catch up with Lauren as she's having the most awkward dinner ever with her new fiance Harry and his mother, an actual harpy. <laughs> Despite her son's insistence that his bride-to-be is a great cook, career woman, and sexual gymnast, sexual gymnast. Actual um, quote from the show. Actual, actual quote. This Matt did not watch. He's like, these games aren't deadly at all. Uh So they got me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mom doesn't like Lauren. She hates Lauren's food. Hates Lauren's writing. Lauren made a full pan of nutless brownies? Bah, Harry's mom hates them too. It's a dinner party that might have ended in bloodshed, if not for Gus bursting into Lauren's apartment, brandishing what looks to be an automatic weapon. Ah, the 90s, when a man storming into his ex-wife's dinner party with an assault rifle was comedy gold. Harry and his horrible mother leave Lauren alone with Gus, who explains the situation as best he can. After you left me and ruined my life, I started playing video games. Gus explains, instead of taking that hurt and turning it into a lengthy career in games journalism like a normal person, (laughs) Gus made his own game, and wouldn't you know it, its villains came to life, and one of them is on his way to kidnap her. As if scripted in such a way to prove Gus's story true at just the right moment, Killshot busts down the door to Lauren's apartment, intent on abduction. But Gus is prepared. That assault rifle? It's a water assault rifle. Killshot takes a couple of shots to the chest and smashes dramatically through the apartment window, cratering into the street below where Sebastian Jackal waits with his fancy white suit and a fancy white car, smoking a cigar. (laughs) Instead of going back and trying again, the villains just drive away, content in the knowledge that the plot has been advanced. Mm Mm-hmm. Regrouping at his house, Gus fills Lauren in on what's going on. Every character in the game is based on someone Gus knows. Killshot is the quarterback who bullied him in high school. Turns out Killshot's inspiration couldn't swim, so his in-game persona's weakness is water. Now that we've established how this crazy show works, Lauren asks, Isn't this a little childish, making a psycho out of anyone who used to bully you for being a geek? Yes. It is very childish, stupid childish. (laughs) But Killshot's just a pawn, the bigger threat is Jackal, whose quest is to destroy life as we know it. I'm beginning to think that networking the particle accelerator up to Gus's Nintendo was a bad idea. Proving that point, the next morning, Gus and Lauren wake to find Sebastian Jackal standing over them, standing there in his fancy white suit, sipping a glass of champagne, Jackal gleefully taunts his prey. Again, it's his thing. He taunts. It's what he does. <laughs> Even if the heroes were to stop Killshot, they'd still have to deal with the others before facing him. Apparently, Guest programmed dozens of real-world world, real nuisances into his game. And just like that, we establish a television series that will doubtlessly run for multiple seasons and not be almost completely forgotten by 219, 2019 at all. Ah, oh, the year 219. Mm-hmm. Where the games were so deadly.
2: <laughs> well, yes, there were actual spears involved. <laughs>
0: and severed Spanish heads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those most of all.
0: Mm-hmm. At least Gus knows the rules to the game. Now that Killshot has failed to capture the girl, his next move is to steal a military helicopter. When the big man makes his move, Lauren and Gus show up at the military base to take him down. Well, that's the plan. What actually happens is they're stunt doubles, and they're so obviously their stunt doubles. Uh-huh are forced to drive a convertible into the bay to avoid a CG explosive football. They're completely ineffective. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Killshot makes off with a helicopter, and Christopher Lloyd pops up to drink some more champagne and taught the heroes some more. At least somebody's having some fun here. (laughs) Ah. You're good. Nobody will be having fun at the L.A. Coliseum if Killshot's plan to drop a nuclear warhead during today's football game succeeds. Succeeds. Gus, a sadistic overlord to his video game creations, made the Killshot character break a leg during practice, causing him to swear revenge on all of football, just like I did in the 80s when football practice (laughs) caused me to miss the Transformers cartoon. Ooh, unforgivable. It was Mm -hmm. bad. That's exactly why I quit football. Mm -hmm. I told the coach. I I transformers is off. <laughs> Admasters, come on. Ah. With only hours to go before the big game, there's no time to get the authorities involved. Of course not. Lauren tries to bow out to get some wedding planning done. Remember Harry, her fiance? With the horrible mom? But Gus drops a bomb. Lauren isn't just a damsel in distress in the game. She's his partner. The only way they can save the day is if they do it together. What an asshole. Following a uh well, following a bum lead to the helicopter's location in the middle of nowhere, Gus and Lauren confront Sebastian Jackal, who pops in for a little drinking and taunting as he does. Frustrated by Jackal's smug demeanor, Lauren lets slip that Peter, the lab assistant, is back in the lab attempting to reboot the system and suck the bad guys back into the game. Gus manages to warn Peter, who destroys the equipment so it can't be used by the bad guys. Killshot shows up to attack Peter only to be thwarted when the lab tech jumps into the bubbling water vat I thought was so stupid back in Act 1. Take that, me from several minutes ago. In a stupid turn of events, Gus and Lauren find Killshot, Jackal, and the helicopter in a bunker that looks exactly like the one from the game. While Gus slips into the shed to science up a weapon of some sort, I believe he said, Uh, there might be gasoline in the shed. I'll make something with gasoline. Mm-hmm. Science. Accurate. exactly mm-hmm. what
2: he said. Mm-hmm.
0: Lauren gets herself captured, setting the scene for a replay of the events from the video game, right down to that tagline, What a day to blow the heck out of a football stadium. This time, instead of the cold stone kid or whatever (laughs) showing up to save the day, Killshot manages to load a nuclear warhead and Lauren into the helicopter, but before he can take off, Gus sneaks aboard. As the copter ascends, our hero sneaks up on the failed football store, star, brandishing a bottle of deadly water which Killshot easily swats away. I believe it's because Lauren says, Hey, hit him with the water! Mm-hmm. Lauren's not a great person. Uh, Gush... Uh, sorry. Un- unarmed and facing certain doom, Gush brandishes the only weapon he has left. Playing on the insecurities, he callously programmed into this virtual facsimile of a living, breathing human. The antimatter physicist, physicist relentlessly taunts the failed football star, tricking him into charging... Right out of the helicopter's open door. Killshot, whose real name is probably Dave or something, <laughs> and is a really nice guy when you get to know him, clings desperately to the landing skid, but a few well placed shots from Lauren's water pistol send him plummeting in, plumbing into a lake far below where he'll be no triple at all. Damn it. Gus! <laughs> yes! yes! Yes, I got triple in. Mm-hmm. As Gus, who fortunately has taken helicopter lessons, bullshit. And Lauren fly off into the sunset with a nuclear warhead still strapped to the side of their vehicle. (laughs) Uh, Gus gives his ex-wife his blessing on her impending marriage because he's a nice guy after all. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Gus rushes to the chapel to try and interrupt Lauren and Harry's nuptials, only to discover that Lauren already called the marriage off. Gus, a man of sophistication and class, takes this to mean that there's something still between he and his ex. Even after she tells him, quote... This was about me, Gus, not about you and me. As Gus makes plans to take down more video game versions of people who may have looked at him funny and Lauren realizes she's trapped with this jerk off until the game is over, Christopher Lloyd in an all-white suit shows up one final time to
1: drink champagne, smirk, and taunt. The end. Very good. That is uh, yes, very good. I can't imagine you've written that many words about like the the towering uh, titles of video games. Like I bet you've never written that much about Final Fantasy or Mario or you know anything like that. Uh, oh no,
0: no, no, no. I I tend to go on and on and on and on. I mean, I wrote this much about deadly games. That's what I'm saying. Huh? How much? Yeah, yeah. Imagine how much I read about things that matter and are good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was was this not good? I wasn't clear on that point. You know, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't as bad as I imagined it was from, from, uh, from all the times Brian mentioned it. Uh-huh. I, I expected something just devastatingly
1: horrible, and it was mildly horrible. I will, I will say, like uh, word count notwithstanding, like per capita, I think this is the most war- use of the word "stupid" in a single summary. <laughs> Definitely. Really? Yeah, I didn't notice. Uh, and and I'm not oh, saying that like, oh, you need to learn some new words, professional writer. No, I'm saying like, everything well, was stupid, and well, you rightly right called it out. Yes, Buck, we invited one... you on our t-
2: on our show to uh, to critique yes. your writing. Style. No, I'm
1: saying every
0: time you used it was correct. You were yeah, I think right. My to favorite do sentence so. was my favorite sentence was uh, halfway through when I went the stupid, stupid, stupid. Yes, stupidly, stupidly <laughs> stupid, stupid. You called stupid. a lot of things
1: stupid because they were stupid. <laughs> well, this show is very stupid. It, it's so... pretty stupid. It's it's more stupid than bad, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bad, but it's definitely just dumb.
0: I mean, back in the 90s, and every time I say that, I I, I have to stop from singing BoJack. Uh-huh. You, know? um, <laughs> you can't do that. Thanks. I was Bojack. on a very stupid TV uh-huh. show. I was on a very stupid TV show. They had no idea what to do with video games. I mean, in the 80s, they didn't. In the 90s, they didn't. I think they're getting a grip now, which is just let people watch other people play them. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems to be fine and makes millions of dollars without having to go through all this. But back then, they're like, oh, so kids like video games, huh? Well, I guess we should uh, make some video
2: game TV shows. Yeah. Well, way to, way to introduce my bad thing to for this thing. <laughs> okay oh my god there is not this is less of the thing now but there's nothing in the world i hate more than tv shows doing an episode about video games who don't know what video games are like there are tv shows up to like 2010 where like people are playing video games and they're going beep boop oh they use the same boop, stock uh, uh atari
1: pacman uh, 2600 hundred Pac-Man sound effects for everything for like mm-hmm. decades that always drove and me And as someone
2: who's been playing video games since I was three, it makes me so crazy. I, I think,
1: honestly, this came out in, what, 96, 97, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think, at the very least, they did understand the idea of fighting a boss and moving on to the next boss, which I don't think I'd seen mm-hmm. in TV before.
2: Well, that's the rudimentary so it's Like, this is the next level. Yeah, but... Game over, man. But that's man. what I'm These saying. Are things like, I remember e- from even
1: though video games had been around in like for the, the general pub- public to play for like 20 years at this point, they finally got that one thing right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone
0: understood the basic structure of a video game, even if they couldn't recreate that on screen or use any CG at all outside of that football. Oh, that football.
2: And that football looked exquisite. So. That was it like, was they nailed that. If
1: you've seen Birdemic, the bit where the, the uh, clip art birds start exploding, it's about like that.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. And if you can't CG an entire game, I mean, this is, again, the 90s. It's not like anyone had the budget to make a video game. Imagine if they did. Imagine if they, they Gus was, like, pixelated and Christopher Lloyd was just, like, a little white suit. Yeah. Well, make me That would <make laughs> so have been actually beautiful. I want to watch that. But... Back then, they couldn't do that, so they just, you know. Add some scan lines. Well, yep. They add some scan lines. I mean, they used, they scanned in real life photos, apparently. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And, 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 and added some background information and in voice samples. Well, and, and, you know. The
1: logic. Put all their henchmen in trees. The logic of it coming alive was <laughs> pretty tree. much the plot of the movie Electric Dreams, which is you spill something on your computer and then it becomes sentient.
2: Well, see, the first thing I thought of was when uh, stuff started exploding, and they walked out of the ca- out of the computer. Was like, oh, it's weird science. I get that. Mm-hmm. No, no one had
0: a bra on their head.
2: No, that's true. Yeah. We can't have everything, unfortunately. Yes, we can. We can have everything.
0: No, no, it was it was weird sciencey. It was smoky. Mm-hmm. It was why the hell is there a computer that's making antimatter uh, in some guy's first house? Off, in some guy's house, yes, they have no mm-hmm. safeguards or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean back then, we thought antimatter, if it came into contact with real matter, would destroy the universe. so of course, just let these two guys go about their business. Uh, but they also networked their gaming machine up with the antimatter machine
1: so it could read what the hell yeah I, I don't understand that. I will say I was now years old before I realized antimatter wouldn't destroy everything because I thought that <laughs> i I have not been keeping up with the scientific literature so. You haven't been keeping up with what Antimatter's yeah. doing? I may have looked it up on Wikipedia before writing my summary. Ah, very well. No, I, I did <laughs> not realize we'd actually created it. I thought it was still theoretical. I, I am so, like, most of what I know about it comes from Star Trek, which is definitely wrong. I thought it was like anti-pasta, which was just a salad. <laughs> <laughs> my mom makes some incredible anti-pasta. Oh, man. Those anti-matter croutons in it? Mm. Oh, I got there's so many jokes competing right now. Like so, when they come into contact (laughs) with the real croutons, no, no, just just uh, shut down there. Um, Where do my croutons go? (laughs) And they cancel each other out. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And they created infinite energy in your guts. Mm. So I want to talk about Christopher Lloyd, and this is my good thing because I got here first. Uh, Christopher, rule of the yeah. show I did not notice until your summary How much he drinks champagne Like, by the end, <laughs> he must have been fucking wasted Not that you could tell I- I'm wondering if that
0: was a clause of his contract or something It's like, Christopher Lloyd, we want you to play this villain In this, this stupid, stupid TV show mm-hmm. And he's like, well, can I drink all the time? Can I just but drink sure. constantly?
2: I have yeah. two questions <laughs> Can I only drink champagne? And can I drive around in the Monopoly car? <laughs> do you have a sandwich? Cause in
1: 1996, I'll work for a sandwich. <laughs> no, it, it looks like he's having a lot of fun as, as you pointed out. And it, it always looked like he had fun when he played characters like this or judge doom or mm-hmm. even what was it? Uh, wasn't he the bad guy in the Dennis, the menace movie? Yes, yes, oh, he was. Yeah, he was. Like, oh my goodness! Whenever he played those <laughs> he was ridiculous, over-the-top villains, like we, his his obviously best-known role, or uh, depending on whether you're a taxi guy or a Back to the Future guy, and if you're a taxi guy, get out of here. That was a good show, but come on, Back to the Future is so much better. Like, is is yeah, if you're if you're if you're a taxi guy, why aren't you dead? <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that I'm show, sorry. but I'm saying like his best-known role is sort of a kindly, like absent-minded but but heroic sort of nice guy and. I'm sure he loved breaking out from that to to play these over the top villains, and he was very good at it. And it seemed like he was having a lot of fun, and I hope he was.
0: That you can tell he was having fun. That that one moment in the beginning when uh when when the cold stone creamery kid uh-huh. is attacking <laughs> uh kill shot with the hose, and he just picks up the hose and he looks so happy.
1: He's just oh, he's got a, he's got a, like a cartoon pair of scissors in his hand. He's like, "Whoop! I cut it.
2: Whoop. What are you gonna do?" <laughs> Doesn't even need to talk. He's just like, look at me. Yep. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I can only assume this. He he was hoping this was going to be his big break, like uh, Michael J. Fox had with *Spin City* at the time. <laughs> yeah, you got to break that
1: uh, *Back to the Future* curse and get you know get back to different roles. So
2: this is what I'm really going to be known
1: for. Well, I, the thing is the the whole reason this came up in in the first place is it mm-hmm. does have a Star Trek connection, and the shows that I'm picking for us to do, I'm trying to to have a Star Trek connection, and this. Was produced and the pilot was directed by none other than Leonard Goddamn Nimoy. See, I didn't know that going into this, and then Leonard's name popped up, and I was just like, what? "That's why Brian started talking about it in the first place because it's got." And later in the season, at least one of the villains, and I think two of the villains, are played by Next Gen alumni, like uh, I want to say Brent Spiner and maybe Lavar Burton.
2: Oh, man. Brent Spiner is going to act his ass off in this show.
1: Can you imagine uh, Brent
2: Spiner Christopher and Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd
1: in the same scene? Oh. oh, my
0: God. That's like matter and antimatter. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to cancel out their croutons together.
1: No, oh, I, think that, goodness. I think they're moving in the same direction.
0: fact, that, that's impossible. I don't think that's that possible thing, and you're making it up. What I mm-hmm. noticed outside of the fact that Leonard Nimoy directing made absolutely no difference. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, that's just, there's his name. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you this all is exactly scripts? as good as, as Star Trek 4. Oh, no, thanks. as Three Men and a Baby. Come on. Yeah, uh, ah, yes. Wait, Star Trek 4 was the good one, wasn't it? Yes. Wasn't that oh, the... One yep, of the good Wills. ones.
0: Yes. was great. He also directed but, uh, 3, yes. which was also good. So. The musical cues felt like Star Trek. Every mm. time they fade in on a scene, or at the very end when they freeze, because it's the 90s and they don't know how to end a show. Right. And they just freeze. Those musical cues were very Star Trek, and it made me kind of want to watch uh, not Voyager. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, most things. I'm afraid you got here too late. Most things make me want to watch not Voyager.
2: <laughs>
1: no, I mean, but it's, it's. Go ahead. I I think there was probably sort of a House UPN style, like that. That sort of general, like uh, here's a template for how to make a show. <laughs> so probably it felt like Next Gen DS9 Voyager, that whole the House style mm-hmm. thing, you know. Aww. now I want a salad. <laughs> house
0: salad. We keep coming back to salads. Speaking of silence.
1: It's, uh, it's the real point of this uh-huh.
0: show. Exactly. Uh speaking of silence. My 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 good thing speaking of silence yes. was uh, was Killshot because you took Christopher lloyd uh-huh. Um I appreciated Killshot. I the, the big hulking guy he's kind of dumb. Uh he's kind of predictable that the 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 enemy of the geek in the first episode will be a giant football player. Uh-huh. But I mean he's he's they had all these possibilities for villains. They went for a man-child with a noticeable limp, a giant guy, a stupid weakness, and a belt full of exploding footballs. And, and I am a large man with a limp so noticeable that I can't even move the lower half of my body. So I can relate. Um, well, how do you feel about exploding footballs? They're the best thing ever. I mean, all footballs <laughs> should explode. When I watch a football game on TV... Uh, when I watch a football game on TV... So once a year mm-hmm. for the ads... <laughs> Uh, I, it, I'm disappointed
1: at the end that none of the footballs exploded. Think of how much but, better Charlie Brown's life would have been if he had access to an exploding football. <laughs> seriously. Oh, he dead, so much
2: Yeah, better. but so would he Lucy. He would
0: not be dead. Lucy would be dead. He'd be laying outside of the explosion. In fact, I'm picturing Charlie Brown <laughs> kind of like bursting forward from the explosion, kind of being blown out of the way. Uh-huh. As Lucy just incinerates, and I think that's the best thing to come out of
1: Deadly Games. <laughs> it's just that image in my head. Finally, I'm free. Just, like, okay, seriously, though, Leonard Nimoy was a pretty decent director. He did direct two of the good Star Trek movies, and I haven't seen Three Men and a Baby since the 80s, but I liked it then. Like, he's a competent director. Sure it holds up. This did not feel like someone who had several major motion pictures under his belt. This felt like... Cheap generic t v garbage like did he did he just put
2: his name on it, but like ghost direct it kind of thing you know what i mean like well i I'm interested in whether this was a paycheck for him or for this was a legitimate passion project, and I think I would prefer that well, more the fact that he was also a producer it, at least means that he was willing to throw some money behind it it's like more than anything in the world, I have this pitch for what are they called video games all right mm-hmm. fascinating well mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: you, you say he had a producer credit, so he at least cared enough to some money or or they said please direct it we'll give you a producer credit.
1: Oh, yeah, that's also possible. He like, was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm Leonard Nimoy. I I could How are you? I could do so many other things right now. I'm I'm still, you know,
2: middle-aged but still in good health, but sure, I'll do this." I suppose I could take a few a few hours away from my lucrative uh videos about VHS uh Oh, no, laserdisc. Laser oh, excuse disc. me, laserdisc. And explaining things to a rock. And
1: actually that was That was what it reminded me of more than anything, was that ridiculous promo video that he did for the Laserdisc. (laughs) The
0: man has a style, and and whether he's promoting Laserdiscs or or making a horrible man seem even more horrible when he's horrible. He was horrible, too. Gus? Yes. Now he's supposed to be, I mean, in the 90s, it was a different time. Uh, I guess they wanted him to be like the lovable geek. Uh so the tech guys, the gamers out there in the 90s that everyone totally understood mm-hmm. would have someone to commiserate with, to identify with. They're like, man, we, we create antimatter, and we were picked on in high school. Mm-hmm. But no, no, this guy's a complete and utter jerk. This is my bad thing, Okay. by the way. I've always wanted to say that on one of your podcast, guys. <laughs>
2: yes, welcome. Um, no.
0: But no, my bad thing is Gus Lloyd, uh... You notice his last name's Lloyd, and Christopher Lloyd plays the. <gasps> Wait a minute. Anyway, do you all, think it's all coming together? Do you together? think the big oh my bad
1: of the whole thing is actually his father? I mean, obviously, yes.
0: <clears throat> no, that why? Why would a, a science fiction, you know, yeah. epic like this have daddy make issues? The father, the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, no. Yeah. But no, Gus Lloyd. He, he he's he's cruel and vindictive. He's programmed this video game. So he can taunt and pick on the people who taunted and picked on him as a kid, mm-hmm. and it makes him no better than the people who did it in the first place. In fact, they've probably grown up and moved on. He's holding this stuff in, and now his stupid vindictive hatred for them has endangered the entire world. And, mm-hmm. and, and we're supposed to watch an entire season, or five seasons, uh, if they had their way, which they didn't, mm-hmm. uh, of him just going... Here's a guy who made me feel bad. I'm going to get back to him and ruin him and kill him and murder him in the middle of this TV show and blow him up and you're going to laugh. And also, also, I've made a virtual facsimile of my wife, my ex-wife, and I'm making out with her and it's pretty hot. Yeah,
1: that was some Jordy with the, the hologram of Leah Brahm's stuff there. Oh, that was not, yeah, oh. not good.
2: The the moment where he goes to her apartment and just all he does is complain about how she's getting married and didn't ask <laughs> yeah, him. they're divorced. It's not sitting... like
1: they're divorcing. They're done.
2: Yeah. I'm just sitting there like, this is the worst protagonist. Yeah,
1: he wasn't great. And the thing is, I thought the dude himself was actually kind of cute. Like, he had a yeah. he had a bit of a charm to him. He was physically, like, vaguely attractive. He had kind of a cute, dopey mm. Seth Green thing going on. But, yeah. But, yeah his acting wasn't great and the character was just unlikable garbage. Mm-hmm. Just, ugh. Oh, he was not good, especially towards the
0: end when he started getting all, uh, what was it, in the helicopter towards the end when Killshot's, after Killshot's dead and he's flying away with his axe his and he stops and goes, you know what, Lauren? I think, you know, I just loved you so much that, you know, I was upset that I couldn't make you feel the way that you made me feel and, you know, I bet that guy you're marrying is a great guy, and I can really sense that you're really hot for me right now, so I'm going to be the better man here, because I'm obviously not trying to manipulate you into getting back into a relationship with me at all.
2: Not at <laughs> all. Plus that that wonderful <laughs> messaging. Also, check it out. I can fly a
1: helicopter. Yeah, I took some <laughs> lessons. Yeah, sure you did. Uh-huh. That that wonderful messaging that was throughout every piece of popular entertainment, like through all of our childhoods, if you persist enough, they will come around and end up loving you. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself, even if yourself is really,
0: really, really horrible. Yeah. And they will they will see the the excitement in you as you fight the fight the video game villains you unleashed upon the world. I see that look in your eyes, she said to him. The one where you're oh, like wow. over your head and
1: loving it. Oh God, yeah, please stop. No who wrote this? was terrible. Who did write this? I didn't actually look that up because I was curious if they ever got work again and if they did, why? Well
2: certainly on other episodes of Deadly Games, which I imagine are at least as good as this one. I
1: mean they got the full thirteen. Sure. It didn't get That's like a complete you know, set of Deadly Games. Well it they didn't get like unceremoniously cancelled after like three episodes. They got a full season. Like someone at UPN said, you know what, we'll make the decision after they they've told their their first, you know, first year of story. <laughs> the fir- the, we'll their first <laughs> epic
2: tale. Yeah, exactly. The first
1: arc. The first arc like it's, of Deadly Games. Yes. It's certainly possible to cut down a show like if you're like, okay, no, never mind. We made a mistake. But no, they just let it go. I imagine Fine. UPN in the 90s was kind of like the gong
0: show. Like they'd have the executives <laughs> all sitting at a colorful desk. There's like one gong and they're watching the show. Coked up. And yeah, they're all coked up. Of course, it's the 90s. They're totally coked up. And then, you know, there's two of them in the corner struggling over the gong. Like one guy's like, no, I want to see how Christopher Lloyd turns out. And the other one's like, "This is bullshit." And there's another one on the
1: floor, just going, "Martha." I don't even know why Martha's into this. Why did you say Martha?
2: <laughs>
1: well, looking it up in you in Wikipedia, the writer's name does not have a hyperlink, so I think oh. that's a good sign. <laughs> oh. No, no entry after. No entry found. After this, he just oh, walked the... into the ocean.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, good. We're exploded in a in a in a big burst of light well everything else in this episode does so why not
1: <laughs> I think that must have uh, inspired Aqua Teens everything just explodes <laughs> oh my god oh and and the reason this reminded you uh, the, the music reminded you of Star Trek uh, the composer was Dennis McCarthy he wrote a lot
2: of the music ah, for ah.
1: next gen DS9 Voyager so just like, well,
0: what? that would be why they just they're, you know, duck their head into his office hey Dennis while you're at it do you have any leftovers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stuff that wasn't
1: good enough for Voyager. us. <laughs> Deadly Games. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't mm-hmm. need shit. Just just whatever. The thing is there was some score that I thought was fine, and then there was suddenly some very eighties meatly guitar in the middle of it, like, <makes noise> like what what is happening right well, now? Well hell, did you guys actually I mean I know
0: you the the pilot didn't have the opening theme to it. Have you guys oh, looked at the Deadly that. Games theme song on, like, YouTube? Oh, no. no. Oh, it's the most 90s power guitar thing ever. It's so beautiful. And and oh. I, I was kind of disappointed there wasn't more guitar. I think that would have pushed it over the top from really, 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 really bad to just really, really, really... Wait, how many relays did I do?
2: Hang on. <laughs>
0: did you write it down? Are we taking notes? Shit.
2: Oh, damn it. I always forget that part, to write down the guest's release. <laughs> that's should yeah. give one job, Matt. Uh huh. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, there is definitely a line. And that's, that's really the problem that I had was like, there is a line between doing something dumb and then doing something so dumb it circles back around to campy. And if they pushed this just a little further, it could have been that. But too many people took this kind of seriously. Oh, yeah.
2: Everyone is so serious about this. The, the, yeah. Except Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. yeah. He knows what he's in. But like any it's... any scene where like Gus and Ratboy are like working in the lab just desperately trying to like fix things.
1: Oh, Ratboy. That's my bad uh-huh. thing. Really? So, first of all, I I took to, to calling uh, De- uh the the main guy Deadly Games, uh-huh. like you do. <laughs> sure. like that's his actual mm-hmm. name, Deadly Games. His sidekick was very terrible to me he he's he felt like every wise-ass best friend from the 80s and 90s combined mm-hmm. uh, i i wrote down divided by dennis miller i meant multiplied by dennis miller <laughs> or to the power of Dennis. like he was so hey there cha-cha let me just clean this up for you there pal and he's Ooh. got the, like long greasy hair. am i right I am i right
0: where am i right <laughs> yeah oh, also man. i don't think you can divide any grade schooler knows you
2: can't divide by dennis miller and that's impossible <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, Al, I need to see your work on your uh, Dennis Miller math. That's how you get antimatter. Uh, <laughs> anti Miller. Or anti Miller. Oh
0: yeah. no.
1: Sorry. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but he was pretty terrible. <laughs> oh
0: god. No, see I actually kinda liked I've... him. I I I now that you, yeah. you mentioned Dennis Miller, I, I suddenly hate
1: him again. I, I, <laughs> I See, and the thing is, this was peak Dennis Miller for me in the 90s. I liked him then. Now, of course, no. But, I mean, just that, that smug, smartass, like, hey there. And he walks in the room and is like, oh, boy, I know exactly what this guy's all about. <laughs> Here comes this guy again.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the... Very smart. Now, huh? now that I think about it, the way he looks at Lauren when he come, pops
1: in and meets her for the first time. uh uh-huh. He's like, oh, hey. how hey, how you doing? But if you... If if your first impression was that you liked him, I'd like to. I mean, what's your counterpoint? Like, what what did you like about him? I'm not. I'm not. Be, I'm not goofing. Seriously, what, what I liked like,
0: about him, I think, is is that that the hero you mentioned. He's a good looking guy, and he's you know he's he's got yeah. that boyish charm and everything. I, I think it was I'm a little a TV geek sort yeah, of way, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah. It was a little too much, and and I think maybe it might have just been that uh, that Peter has the receding hairline. And a scruffy beard, and I feel like I identify. with Oh, that. but he wasn't like he wasn't perfect. TV
1: pretty, he was actually a little. Ah, you know,
0: he was grizzled. Yeah, I, I like the grizzled people on TV. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, nowadays you see them more often, but back then it was it was like, oh, you're comic relief because you're not not pretty. Yeah. Aww.
1: You're the. Uh, what was it when the I was reading about the Sopranos and they cast. Uh, they they actually call it this in the casting world: grotesques. Oh, this like, seems that's mean. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, you want guys who look like thugs, but mm-hmm. come on, really? You call them grotesques?
0: And there's someone out there oh, who's man. proud of being grotesques, too. They're like, yeah, I'm like the top grotesques in this industry. I'm just yeah. hideous.
2: I just feel bad. I mean, they already made the guy we called Big Pussy, and then they also have to call him a <laughs> grotesque-like. Yeah, it's
1: that's some rough stuff.
2: Oh, poor gross but, Big
0: Pussy. I, no.
1: <laughs> 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 well.
0: woo. Well.
2: Uh, Everyone just else? stopped.
0: Wow! I just I shut down. Yeah, shut it the down. Show. You broke our show. <laughs> you were
1: listening nice to the Post Atomic Deadly Games podcast. <laughs> not anymore. I you're mean, not. <laughs> I mean, you are single-handedly responsible for for getting us a a uh, significant portion of our lead uh, of our listenership. So if anyone's going to shut it down, <laughs> yeah, we're shutting it down. You've earned that. Don't right. listen
0: to this. They say, "Big." I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> I'm amazed I said it the first
1: time. Uh, Have you heard Fahey's latest bone mole? <laughs> bon <laughs> it's all mo. the rage in the salons. <laughs>
2: I've always wanted a that... bone mole. <laughs> I stole that from Pat Noble. Yes. That is not mine. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, what else? I, I want
2: to take a minute just to address watching the opening of this because it they, at no point is it in, is there any indication it's a video game so we open right. on like this this compound in a big well, there
1: are, there are the scan lines which could just be well this is a shitty vhs company. i I, assume, no... I
2: assumed it was yeah. my crappy version of the show but like yeah. we open on this and it's like it's like a a compound in like the field from the commercial for toys <laughs> <laughs> okay and then Chris... that's a reference christopher lloyd shows up dressed like truman capote Mm-hmm. A football player with a noticeable Quasimodo limp goes to fetch a girl out of like out of a cell, and then like a dude dressed as like I contra all hairy, yeah contra, as, yes, his contra mm-hmm. shows up in a jeep he okay. clearly stole from Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm I had no indica I like I don't know what this show is about, so I'm just watching like what is what have I gotten myself into? Is this the entire thing? This is insane. Well, and I don't I don't
1: begrudge it dropping us in the middle like that, but I also thought, okay, we've watched a lot of old shows mm-hmm. lately and sometimes they do that thing where they show us a, an out of context like 30 seconds from later in the episode before it starts, mm-hmm. which I always hate. And I thought maybe it was doing that and then when it looped back around I was like, "Oh, that's what they did." But then it it was a little different, so
2: yeah. No, I've watched a lot of shows and nothing has in medias res harder than this show has. <laughs>
0: You know, at least it's better than you know, seventy-two hours before.
2: Yeah, that's no good.
1: I guess the, I don't know. I've seen that done well, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a cliche. Also, the uh, the mother who you said was a, an actual real life harpy. You may you may be correct there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was the mom from the room.
2: <laughs> like, oh my god, uh, Lisa's mom who says she has breast cancer and then
1: disappears. Oh my god, maybe she was. She was
2: definitely seemed... somebody.
1: She had that 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 way about mm-hmm. her. I might I might be wrong. She but, was yeah. she was a
0: little extreme though. I mean she's like I come over for a dinner party but I don't want to eat your food because I don't like you. That article you wrote oh the one that went on too long? Oh <laughs> that one. Uh yep.
1: and, and seriously I would have strangled
0: her in the middle mm-hmm. of the dinner party. I would have been like
1: No if and if she were Southern she would say bless your heart. Oh, like it was Oh, like that kind
0: oh of yeah she would have done that. And and then, in fact it were I Lauren I probably would have persisted with the foot plan to the table. Um,
2: what the hell is that?
1: I'll
0: get mm-hmm. your mom by
1: playing with you under the table with my foot. Ah. Oh, yeah. What? Ugh. Ugh. And yeah. he actually says an accomplished <laughs> sexual gymnast like we pointed out before. That's a real thing he said to his mother about his fiance. Upsetting. <sighs>
0: yeah. I mean, what does it's that make? I, I think that makes me like a sexual napper. I, <sighs> what is, God, I didn't know there were levels. Now I feel, <sighs>
1: Yeah, I've not been doing this competitively
2: yeah, all right. this time.
0: Uh, I mean, I I do have the, the 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 little dish full of like chalk that I rub my hands in beforehand, <laughs> but I wouldn't
1: call me a gymnast. Yeah, I I always I never think afterwards to look for the the people holding up the signs with the numbers on
2: them. Nor do you do that thing where you where you stop and put your hands in the air to let people know you're finished. Oh no, I do that. Yes, I of do course. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's... How else would you know if I get anything if I get anything but a six nine
1: I get disappointed you know? oh. like, come on, wow, it's a good joke wow, man. did you just oh oh come on <laughs> don't you dare <laughs> yeah man, there leaving. was one yeah there w- there was one legit laugh in this for me, like one. Oh, really, what was and, it <laughs> it actually came from lauren it was it was a dumb line, but she just delivered it well mm-hmm. um. They're talking about, like, uh, well, well. I think uh, uh, Sebastian Back Jackal, which,
2: by the way, could you think
1: of a more 90s villain <laughs> name than Sebastian Jackal, for
2: Christ's sake? Well, they just uh, come from watching The Jackal featuring uh, Jack Black. Yes, of course. And Wait, listening to Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and And she says he gives clues, like the Riddler. And it's just it's sort of a flat sarcastic delivery, and it actually got got a chuckle out of me like that was pretty good there were there were a couple of like okay pop culture references that uh, mostly felt like why are you mentioning a good show and your bad show mm-hmm. but uh I don't know she just she sold the she sold the humor on that one this is really nothing special but and because it's the only thing that made me laugh it was amazing and and there were a few times I liked the back and forth between lauren
0: and and Gus when he wasn't trying to get back into her pants like uh it, my quote for instance oh ah, yeah good. well let's uh, go ahead and set that up what do you got well there's a, a period of time he's explaining why killshot acts like he does why he's going to nuke an entire stadium of football players and mm-hmm. and and he swears his revenge and then this
2: happens no team wants him so he swears his revenge on football
1: how quaint he swears his revenge
2: he had to swear his revenge, Lauren. If the bad
1: guy doesn't swear his revenge, there's nothing for the hero to do. If he hadn't sworn his revenge and there was nothing for the hero to do, then I could have picked my napkin. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was at least sort of calling out the absurdity, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it, a little bit more self-awareness like that kind of might have made it better. It, you know? it
0: could have. It was there was a, a there was a peek at what was going on behind the scenes that I like there. Uh, and, and, and really what kind of roles does this game have? Because as Gus says, if the bad guy doesn't swear his revenge, there's nothing for the hero to do. What? Maybe the bad guy just wants to do some deadly games. Yeah. Revenge doesn't have to be a part of this.
1: Um, I mean, I, I am not as an accomplished gamer as obviously either of you two, mm -hmm. but, uh, how how would you like as a, as a, as a guy who writes about games for a living, Mm -hmm. How would you rate the game within the show? Like, if if you had to review this for Kotaku, what would you say? Well, at Kotaku, we don't give scores. Because... No, that's why I, I said, what would you say instead of, like, how would you, like, what rating would you give it? Like, what, what kind of review would you write for it? Well, I mean, it's
0: hard to say since it really is real life and not a great game. I, I probably would love the sequences where you're shooting guys out of trees. Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I think we need more guys falling out of trees when I shoot them. That's always a plus.
2: Oh, just uh, dropping like apples out of trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the voice acting for Sebastian Jackal was was brilliant and inspired. Certainly uh, not as good
2: as uh, Christopher Lloyd's role in Toonstruck.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or, or you know, or his what was the other movie? Uh, God, Roger Rabbit. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, yes, yes. He's he 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 plays best when he's against cartoons, and uh, mm-hmm. Gus came close but wasn't quite there. Um, I mean, the action, the driving sequences were bad. I mean, if you're gonna go to all the trouble to put driving sequences, maybe make them end better than uh, Jeep getting exploded by a football and convertible plunging into the river for no reason. Um, That's fair. So I I think, I I think would not recommend. uh, Ultimately, the games weren't deadly enough. I think. That that's the
1: issue. Exactly. How many people died in this in this episode? People, I don't think any. Plenty of like fake video game people, but I don't think actual like, you know, in the in the real life of the show, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone died. Yeah, I mean,
0: the one military guy got a wedgie, which I love. I love. <clears throat> I mean, uh-huh. it was just
2: head put through the roof. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and it
0: was actually it's, I, what I really. I back to my good thing real quick. Uh, kill shot, and there was a little bit of humanity there as he gave the guy a wedgie. He says, "I'm going to give you a wedgie," and he goes, "Is that a rhetorical question?" And he's calling back to something that Jackal said to him. So it's like, well, there's mm-hmm. some life in him. He was hurt
1: by that. And now he's yeah, lashing I love out. That. I love your take and your summary that this is a real sentient person that you're trying to murder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very good. Yeah, I mean, some humanity's peeking through. I'm wondering if later on in this series I'll never watch. If maybe maybe he spares. Maybe Gus spares the life of one of these people saying, you know what? No. No, I've done a bad thing. I've created this life. and." And and it's not my place to take it. I have to set them free to play their deadly games,
1: and 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 make their own way in the world. So really, these guys created antimatter back when you know no one had done that yet. Mm-hmm. But the, but the real headline here is that they have actually created life, yes. which is my,
2: like you know they're spitting in God's eye, really. <laughs> I well, just it's... love that nobody seems to care about that too. We well, made video yeah. game characters real. Huh. Yeah.
0: Well, they haven't better, better stop them. They haven't told anyone yet. I mean, every time there's like the the one thing Peter does, a uh, squeaky greasy Peter, <laughs> is every time they're like should we call the cops or something and Gus is like no, we can't for various reasons. And I think Why? <laughs> well, because you know, they wouldn't get to it in time and thousands of people would die in these deadly games. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, uh-huh.
0: or or they wouldn't believe us or I'm I'm pretty sure the the show continues on with every week Gus goes should we call the cops? And, or no, Peter How goes, about this time? Yeah. should we call the cops? And Gus is like, oh man, you know what? Me and the cops, not getting along this week. Let's try again. <laughs> oh no, wait. The enemy is a cop who pulled me over once and his secret weakness is being called on the phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Deadly Games in my head is much better than, than, than anything they could have produced. So I'll never watch the rest of the show.
2: Well, they definitely need well, to call you when they do the Red Deadly Games reboot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, with everything else being rebooted and, and you know, like, retooled, you could absolutely do, like, a, a brand new version of
2: it. You should definitely get Christopher Lloyd while we still can. Uh-huh. Even while we still can. He's a very old he's, man.
1: He's, like, 7,000 years old.
0: <laughs> He'll live forever, Christopher Lloyd will. Oh. I know, oh, I just jinxed see. it. On the one hand, yeah, I hope yeah.
2: so, but on the other hand, I saw him in that Back to the Future thing that came out, like, a year or two ago, and he... I can only assume he's going to get skinnier and more decrepit, then. Oh, he's turning into Bob Hope? Uh Uh-huh. Towards the end there? Just in that old uh, Doc Brown jumpsuit. Except that he's (gasps) entertaining. Oh! Oh!
0: Oh, an entire generation of people just, you know, cursed your name. That's okay, they don't know what podcasts
2: are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Anything else? Oh, my God. There's so much more, but I, I don't think we need to tell anybody else about it. Let's take a look at no, the notes it, here.
1: It's, it's out there. You can see it if you if you must. You too but can to find uh, deadly games. Yeah, if you go
0: well, to YouTube I mean, and search deadly games, you get the special edition with Kennedy, or you can pay uh, yeah, twelve bucks on Amazon and get the crystal clear edition that doesn't have all the scan lines and just looks clear. on.
1: Or I would imagine not long after this podcast drops, maybe look on eBay or something, and maybe there'd be an account by someone (laughs) named Fahey, like, I don't want this anymore. (laughs) I don't want to speak for you, but, uh, you know.
0: eBay or set on fire. I think one of those two.
1: (laughs) You could get your 12 bucks back at least.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll put it in a bubbling vat of water for no reason.
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Water is its its, uh, nemesis. Clearly. For some reason. Clearly Canadian. This is yes. this is the second show in a row where people have been threatened with violence by being dipped in water. We did the Alien Nation series last week oh, where that's those true. guys were weak to salt water.
0: Oh my god. It's like so it, it, it's <laughs> it's an emerging theme. So,
2: next week we'll be doing The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Your favorite, huh?
1: Actually no, next week you have chosen something that that we've both already seen and know to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be doing uh, an episode of the Battlestar Galactica series yep. from uh, when, when did that launch 2000 and I want to say five-ish. five. Yeah. Yeah. That feels about right. Uh, and you chose the very first episode of that, correct? Yes. The first
2: actual episode, not the miniseries. Uh, is that the is that the one where they have to jump a lot? Uh, yes. They're all the one that yeah. they have to jump a lot.
1: Yeah. But the specific one where they have to jump every so often. This is the
2: one where they get keep getting attacked by Cylons every 33 minutes. That's the one. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's the one I'm thinking of. That's like the best one. Yeah, so good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fahey, you got anything you want to plug or anything? I would like to plug the Post
0: Atomic Deadly Games podcast, starring Matt Algar Watt and wait.
1: Nope. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Damn it! I was really Almost close. There. Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Yes. And Brian. Of, of which, of which, this is the only episode
0: mm-hmm. the only episode. Week... Because next week it's something completely different. I would like to thank um, Brian for uh-huh. for seeding well, this should. so many years ago and mm-hmm. making my dream to be on here with these two gentlemen come
1: true. Um, I mean, we would have had you on any time for for something good, even. Yeah. What? Fuck! You've been very you've been very kind uh, to us. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, so that's all for this time. Uh the website as ever, posted on Macora.com. dot com. The email address posted on Macora at Gmail. Uh we are on Twitter at Algar at robotmat. Do you want to give your Twitter, hey
0: My Twitter is Bunny Spatial. B U N N Y S P A T I A L. It's too late to change it.
1: Uh and oh, listen to our Star Trek fanfic project, Endeavor, endeavor Endeavor.com. Uh and thank you. I think
2: that's it for this time. Yeah. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Deadly Games podcast
0: is a co-production of Ron Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.